0: Welcome to another message from the Tribe Puja. We hope it inspires and encourages you.
1: Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Take all the glory. Take all the honor, Lord. May your name be highly exalted in our lives. We pray that we start this conversation that the Spirit, your spirit will inspire it. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. So, one of the things we we were just talking like, okay, Lord, what do you want us to share? What what do you want us to share? And we noticed that our generation, um, the world, is interpreting what dating, relationship, and marriage should look like, and a lot of us, you know, feed on that, and we take that into um, our relationships, we take that into our marriages and it shouldn't be so. We are at a time where it's almost as if there are no definitions anymore. Um, you can you, you can call, a person can be called, thank you. A person can be called, um, if woman, she can be called he, if he can be called she now, then like, don't even call me any pronoun, call me they, call me them. Easy, um, then the LBGTQ, you know, it keeps growing. And, you know, it's so many things. People now say, Leave your truth. Like, truth is relative. If you want to believe in God, believe in God. If you want to believe in, and believe, just leave your truth. But truth, as we know, truth is exclusive, truth is not relative. And, you know, As children of God, we know that truth is not just a concept, it's not a philosophy. We know that truth is a person. We know that truth is Jesus Christ. So everything we do must be defined through the lens of um, God, through um, God's eyes. I was sharing, I don't know if I shared it last week, was it last week I said, I said one of my favorite um, animations is um, Prince of Egypt. And Moses, it, it, there's this scene where Moses was uh, having this conversation with his father-in-law Jethro, and Jethro was celebrating Moses for saving his daughters, and Moses said, "I'm not worthy of honor." And Jethro just said, "What? Why would you even say that?" And he burst into this song, and the lyrics was, "How do you weigh the worth of your life? It's not by stre- uh, It's not by how much you." Uh, um, paraphrasing it now, it's not by how much you earn, it's not by how much it's in your bank account. It's not by it's you must not look at your life through man's eyes. You must look at your life through heaven's eyes. You must see your life through God's eyes. Then you see how much you're worth Amen. So I realize that in when we're talking we realize that a lot of us our fight like if you notice our generation, a lot of our battles are ideological. Like uh we we are not necessarily f- facing the battles our parents faced in faced in the sense that you know they they and it's, it's not that it's not happening but like the church when the church was just being established so you know demonic altars were being brought down and they faced like battles like think of all the mount zion movies you've seen you know like the karashikas the domitillas the nagin please don't ask me how i know all these things i <laughs> i lived with some aunts that I loved but basically our our generation where a lot of the things we are fighting are ideological like um like living exclusive living in exclusivity living truth god's truth so we 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 know the devil is always on his feet, right? He's roaming like a lion, looking for his soul to devour. And he sets up different things, different institutions now to oppose the truth of God. So we are called as children of God to fight. Make no mistake, like we are at war. And I was sharing last year when we did the series on the art of worship and the particular topic on um, worship and warfare, how, we are at war we should not even think that because nothing is necessarily happening in our like we are at what the devil will always oppose the truth of god and the word of god in your life always so why we are at war is we are to fight to see god's word birth in our lives and on earth amen so in dating relationships and marriage and, and, and marriages, we must see that the truth of God stands regardless of our experiences, regardless of what is seemingly happen, happening in society. So if you look around, maybe your experience is, all you know is divorce, you're, you're coming from a broken home or no home at all, or um, presently your parents are going through a bad phase and you're like, is there any point for getting married? married? Or, or, that exists is pain. Is there any point to being married? Um, the only some of us, the only experience we know is our mothers being slaves to our fathers. Some of us, the only experience we 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 so we defi- we use our experience to define relationships to date and and to define marriages, and it shouldn't be so. So we must go back to the Word of God as children of God and like Lord, what is what What is your word concerning this? And how are we to uh, leave it out? Amen. Amen. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, let us open to Ephesians. Ephesians 6. From verse 10. in the heavenly places. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Ravi Zacharias will say that the home, family, was instituted before church. Do we know that? Before church, there was a family. And and families, homes, microcosms are small examples of societies because what makes societies it's not more families and when there's a breakdown of the family of family structure the society breaks down so imagine a society without fathers a society without mothers and everybody is just living their truth it's chaos is anarchy and the devil thrives in chaos but we are to fight to reverse that we are to fight to make sure that doesn't happen in our lives and in our society amen and um, For those of you, I don't know how many of you know about the Seven Mountains. Um, Government, family, um, media, entertainment. um, No. Who can remind me? Education. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Let me know, that's not what I'm But like one of the Seven Mountains is family. And it's kind of like it's, it's one of the spheres of society. And if the mountain is, it depends on who is on top of that mountain, who is who has conquered that mountain. We, it will determine, the person will determine how society is shaped and the direction society takes. So family is very, very important. Like, very, very important. But before we can even build a good family, we must know how, what God meant it for. We must know why it was put in place. We must know, you know, the definitions as children of God. And because we lost that after um, Adam and Eve left the garden, we we, we, we lost that um, essence, that understanding. So the world just, you know, lost, lost it all, basically. But now, as children of God, we are being called to reform that we are being called to reconcile that because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile the lost world lost sons back to the father back to abba amen we must fight too we must fight see regardless of your background regardless of even if you grew up in a good family The devil will try to make sure you don't have the same testimony. He will do everything in his power to make sure you don't have the same testimony. But we have to, it is work, and we have to make it work. So even before we start a relationship or, you know, we start dating. We must know the the, the truth and the the importance of all these things. So we are at war. The devil is trying to bring down the foundations of what um, home is, what family is. And we must fight to make that not happen. And one of the ways we have to start is by knowing and going back to definitions, back to the roots, back to the Bible, back to our Father, and asking Him, how are we supposed to do this? Amen.
0: Praise God. Can everybody do this with me? Breathe in. Out. Please, like everybody, just join me. You're helping me, really. In out. Praise God. So um, today, um, like like Jesse was saying, there's a fight for families. And the basic idea of this fight for families is like the basic idea of the opposition towards the um, army that's in front of them. So if you watch um, all these ancient movies like no, but the um, Brave Hearts, Mel Gibson, the fighting ones, you know that one of the strategies of the opposition army is to find the captain, right? And even they, if they take out the captain, if they take out the king, they know that the rest of the army will defeated because of um, what they call it, demo, they will just be demoralized and they will see no reason to fight. One of God's strategies for populating the earth into his glory and into his kind is to replicate that doing using families so that the entire nation and the entire world resembles what God wants it to resemble. So if you want to scatter the glory of God over the earth, where, where do you go? You go straight to the source because you know that if you take out the source, every other thing will just fall apart and that's why there's so much attack you know, on the families because in the families where you learn morals, is where you learn direction, you learn how to communicate, you learn how to interact with others, and you take that wherever you go. So it's, it's like a genetic imprint in your system that follows your generation, even unconsciously, and they take it around the world. That's why you can say, these people in this family behave like this, or somebody should do something and you say, it's like you are from this place, Abi. That's why we have um, segregation with ethnic groups, say, Igbo people are like this, Salsa people. How did they become like that? It was given, it was traced back through families and through oral traditions and through all of those things. So we are are talking about what was God's original design for us and for families and how do we use that to interpret what kind of relationships you know we enter into and what kind of things that we do. So we'll start from the beginning. Can we um read Genesis <clears> one? <throat> so um I will I'll read so from verse one to um two twenty five God was creating right god was saying let there be this let there be that when i was reading genesis 1 and 2 the imagery that i had was of an architect trying to build like a house so does anybody know an architect has been an artist has tried to be one okay you know that before an architect puts a physical structure on the ground he has like a blueprint right and that's blueprint he'd be like let us make a balcony right let this balcony be for people who will sit down and do um, and relax right let's build this bathroom downstairs facing this so the imagery I got from Genesis 1 is like God doing that like the blueprint. let us make the fishes in the sea right let us make that it's like laying down the blueprint of what man should follow through because In Genesis chapter two, it did not record that the whole world was like that. It recorded that there was a garden that was made. So the imagery I got is like when an architect finishes the book, what do they do next? They build like a model, right? Like a 3D standing model where you can actually see like everything that they have. And then the architect takes the model and then builds it in a space. So that's the image that I got, like from Genesis 1, so that the architect, the man, we see the representation that's the garden of Eden, and we are able to replicate it like everywhere. And the instruction that God gave. So the first image of God that Adam saw was that of a creator, someone who creates, someone who makes. So God created everything and says, let us now make man in our own image and likeness. Let him be like us. So what I got from that was, I am creating and I want to make someone who can create like I create. And then he made man, okay? And so Genesis um, 1, 26 says, Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. He will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, livestock, and all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry around along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created he, them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. So I'm just going to take that scripture, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and it. So I know that this scripture is always used for like baby dedication. So um, when you come forward, they'll say, ah, and God, or oh, weddings, when they are praying for you and they are trying to solve you, they will say, God, make them fruitful, multiply, it's in scripture so you can't argue with it even if you are doing family planning. Praise God. So... <laughs> So, but the imagery comes to my mind as complete because I'm introduced to a God who is a creator and the God gives me an assignment to be fruitful in the works that he's giving me in my hands and to multiply it. That means he's giving me the ability to create what I've seen in other places, Do, do you understand? And what fascinated me the most was that God gave that instruction when he created male and female. He created them both, right? And then God, in chapter two, God says, uh, "It's not good for man to be alone, not lonely." Do you understand? Because man, in his essence, was complete, fully God created as one, so he was not lonely. So it was not companionship that God created evil. Do you understand? So God said, it's not good for man to be all one. In some script, in the original Hebrew says, it's not good for man to be all one. I need a helper. So somebody who creates needs somebody to help create, right? So the assignment was given to both of them in one. When they were now split in two, right? Adam was able to recognize Eve because they both had the same thing they had image, they had likeness, and they had purpose. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because all the animals and everything God created were paraded in front of him to make a choice. But he did not recognize image, likeness, and purpose. But he did that with Eve because they were given the same assignment. When you want to know to select as a partner. You should look for image, likeness, and purpose. Because that's the only way you can truly say, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So if we don't belong in a purpose that aligns, we don't belong together because we can't create together because we cannot replicate the blueprint that God has given us together. The most important thing is the assignment. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? That's number one. Number two, when God finished creating man, he said, "Now, immediately after, let's read it um in Genesis 2. Um Okay so um, when god created created oh, Genesis 2:18 said it's not good for man to be alone or make a helper who's right for him so god formed from the ground all the wild animals it was see he said it's not good for man to be alone i will create a helper then he formed all the animals then he paraded them in front of him and then he didn't select right and then after this uh, when god was creating he says that um, sorry, sorry guys. Let me just find the passage that I'm talking about. Okay, sorry, Genesis one twenty eight, be fruitful and multiply, fulfill and govern it. Then twenty nine. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees of for your food. I have given every green plant as food for all wild animals and the birds and everything that has life and that is what happened so this is the point i want to draw from this after god created man and everything he showed man that he was the source and he was the provider of all that he needed to be who he was do you understand what i mean So man did not have to look for to anything for food to eat, clothes to wear. That means when you are looking for a partner, you're not looking for who will feed you, who will clothe you, because that's God's job. Right? So God created man, and the next thing he told him is, I am your provision, I have made everything ready. So I think that you're not ready to find who to date if you are not rest assured in who God is to you. Because if you are not, you are going to look for God in the other person. Because that's the only image you recognize. And God will not do that. God God is more interested in your salvation than he is interested in giving anything to you. Because at the end of life, as we know it on earth, where we would be is the most important thing. So I like, okay, I've heard like a few people say, Jesus should not come now, we're not married. And I, it may be selfish to say because I'm married, right? Yeah. But <laughs> I, <laughs> you, know, but, you know, but the picture that comes to my mind is the glory of God and the splendor of heaven If you meet that, you wouldn't feel like you missed out on something because you didn't marry. Do you understand what that means? So God is more interested in you experiencing that than in you getting married. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if you're one who said, I believe that when you say, I've given my life to Christ, it was a literal description. You gave your life to Christ. So you gave him the permission to evade your life. So when a relationship breaks up and you feel hurt, remember that you gave your life to someone to control. And that person is jealous over you. And his first priority is to make sure that you are reconciled to him, not joined to someone else. So the two points I'm saying from this number one find where you're supposed to be fruitful and where you're supposed to govern that's the place of purpose yeah. and to recognize who God is to you and be convinced about it before you can now go to the next step finding who to work with
1: amen can we just appreciate that word man <laughs> hallelujah so I don't know. Um, one of the contemporary entrepreneurs I admire a lot is Elon Musk, and there's something he he uses to learn anything, and he called it principle of first. And it's how Nelson, I'm right, right? It's principle of first. Yeah, it's how if he wants to learn anything, any subject, he breaks it. He goes and studies and breaks it down to um what for instance he wanted to you know he had uh he started a company called PayPal, and he, he sold it got money and he wanted to start his electric car and everybody was opposing he wanted to partner with people and they were like it doesn't make sense so he was like he'll build his own car so he studied what makes a car so i i i kind of like took that principle like principle of first and I think it's kind of like a spiritual principle as well you know how that's in studying the law of first mention, you know everything Eva just said if we don't tie our existence our being into what we just saw in Genesis everything outside of it is something that the devil is trying to preach to us and why i say this thing is a fight it's we're at war because we are constantly our generation are constantly bombarded with fake news um relative truths you know people everybody on twitter has an opinion on what relationships should look like you know then everybody on instagram shows you what they feel relationship should look like you know so we uh, yeah, we we have we admire people and call them goals. But they'll only show you what they want to show you. Only show you what they want to show you. So we must always stay in the place that God has called us to be and never forget that which we are. Amen. So that's why I said it's a fight. You have to constantly remind yourself. So um, on Sunday, I think it was Dr. Sophie that was saying, and talking about the love of god and she was reminding us that god's love is uh, vertical and horizontal you know one of the things so when we tell god like we are we are yours now we experience his love we know that we cannot earn it we cannot uh we deserve it right we experience his love then he now says okay this love that you're experiencing go and spread it but it is now hard to do the horizontal thing so even to love your neighbor as yourself is like quite difficult but that's not the 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 topic here like in relationships now we come with false definitions of what love is and we are to fight to make sure that God uh, that which God has told us should be established in our lives amen let's open to second Corinthians 10 4 and 5 Let me start from verse 3. It says for though we walk in the flesh we are not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Hallelujah. See, I don't know, I, I, I just feel... Some of us here need to live with. We just need to live with the knowledge that God loves us. Because your last relationship, person told you you're ugly, so you had to live. Or he you said you're not the right weight. It happens, brother. Or you don't have the right shape. And now we now define our identities by all these things. So we enter our next relationship. I was reading a 2014 article, and the title was, uh, Can People Die of Heartbreaks? And the person proved, like, scientifically, like, you can die from heartbreak. There is something called heartbreak syndrome. And, oh, God, I tried to crown this thing this morning to sound smart here. I, I forgot it, but it's real. Google it. Something, something. Maybe googling it so that you know. Anyway, it's real. Like, they notice that couples that have lived for a long time together, when a partner dies, it's almost as if they don't have the will to continue. And it's not the same thing as heart attacks. Like, stress literally floods their hearts and they just give up. And it's like this it's it's this really amazing article. I just stumbled on it and I was like, Oh amazing. It'd be something to share with the tribe to sound smart. But I crowned that name. But basically it's heartbreak syndrome or something like that. It's real. My wife is a psychologist, yes. Yes. <laughs> that anyway. No, just go it when, when you go home. It is something, it's real. You know, when Solomon said, do not awaken love. He knew what he was talking about. He had 300 wives, 700 concubines. He experienced so much pleasure. He now said, look, there is nothing. There is nothing on earth. There's nothing in these things. Then he now wonders that we should not awaken love before it's time. So I'm always afraid when I see people that just got like just ended a relationship and they're starting another one. Can your heart take it? Now I'm like genuinely concerned because out of the um hearts, what the issues of life, right? Like your heart is so important. It's so important. So before you start your next relationship, you must make sure it's worth it. If he's worth it, if she's worth it, because God does not play with your heart, because he, you gave him your heart, and I think it's in John thirteen. He says when Jesus said, when you give uh, me your heart, my Father and I will come and make your heart our home. Please don't die of heartbreak, and that word I forgot. When we live here, we must tie our identities back to the word of God. Like there is a model, and that model is we must be complete in Him. Do you know when Eva and I were (laughs) dating? I think she saw a bend or something, or was it? And I was like, babe, you know, in the first few years, we'll not be able to, like, leave like that, right? (laughs) She just looked at me and laughed, I'm like, you know you're not my source, right? Like, guy, (laughs) (laughs) guy. Guy, <laughs> what that does to your confidence. But well, she's right. Don't ever start a relationship because it's economically <laughs> valuable or sound. Can your heart. I saw what he did to my dad when he lost his wife, my mom. I saw what it did to him when. He lost his first marriage, divorce. He was a walking drone. At work, there was a time he just collapsed, bam. And I was 15 then, and my grades just started going down. I was top 10. This, I will not say I was first. I'll tell my child I was first, but I was top 10 secondary school. But like. From SS1 to 3 I just kept on going down and down. Because we were going through something that it really it affected us. Imagine living seven, eight years of your life, loving this person and calling her mom. Then she wakes up one morning, and she says she's done. So it's so important so important if you're in a relationship i want you to pray every day for that relationship one of the first stories of marriages in the bible um, that of isaac and Rebekah. abraham sent um, his servants to go and get a wife for isaac and he told him to go back to his homeland that he doesn't want isaac to take a wife from the canaanites because the canaanites were serving And he wanted someone from his tribe because they had similar values. They had, how do you even put it, In, they had image, likeness, and purpose. And the servants said, see, God of Abraham, this is the prayer I'll make. The first person that comes and offers me water and my, uh, my caravan water, let that person be for Isaac. And God answered his prayer. Don't ever think. See, God is more. God is more interested in your relationship than you are. He's more interested in it than you are. The tribe Abuja. IBC. Please. Do not start a relationship. You're not supposed to. Don't give your heart to someone that doesn't deserve it. Lest you die of syndrome by that thing. Heartbreak syndrome.
0: Praise God. So I want to give an analogy. Um, and before I do that, and this is the point I'm trying to make your relationship is important to God because it's purposeful, right? And if you understand the purpose of a relationship or a marriage, then you understand how valuable it is and you know like, if you are doing it right. Do, do you get what I'm saying? So for instance, if the purpose of marriage is to transport like, a people from one location to another using like a spaceship, right? and you know that your relationship is as valuable as putting the spaceship together, if not people can't move from one place to another, you would know how valuable it is and you would take your time in building that spaceship. Do Do you understand what I'm saying? And that is true. Your relationship or your family is God's vehicle to bring his glory to bear upon the earth. And so you know how valuable that is. You should take your time to build it and, and, and here, I'll, I'll just say two things. One, everybody's talking about truths. But why does it look like our own truth is on the attack? And we always have to defend our truth against something else. Yeah. The only animals that are a fear of extinction are the ones who are very valuable and are rare. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So you must protect your truth. You must value it. You should not. Your definition of real should not be like other people. Like, let me just be real. But your let me just be real is because you want to sound like other people because it's cool. Because you don't value your truth. You're still ashamed of your truth, which is the truth, even if you, we can't admit it. So people say, wait till you are married to have sex, and you cannot say it out loud that you are waiting, because it's not cool to say out loud. And so you pretend. When you do that, you are not able to give a defense, and when you are tempted, you are likely to fall. But if you know that, like I I said earlier, um, it is an invitation to experience what intimacy and unity within the Godhead is like. And if you have that mindset, you will treasure it, and you'll be proud of what you treasure. A queen is always proud of her crown and does not care what you think about it. Do you understand? That's one. Number two, this is what being born again looks like. There was, a, in, in like let's say, a mass production of things. Let's say, drink, right? What's our favorite drink? Fanta. So there's a mass... Yeah, I answered all of us. There is a mass production of Fanta to be shipped to Africa. And in the mix, there was one adulterated item that was put in the entire mix, right? And so for every bottle of Fanta that is mixed and bottled, right, it is contaminated. And as long as the refill is in that major tank that fills all the bottles, right, everything is contaminated so just imagine that as long as they keep shipping that product to africa everybody in africa is contaminated then somebody notices the problem and decides to change it so instead of just cleaning out the tank they decide to remove the tank totally create a new tank and put new fresh products in it right and fill every bottle so every bottle that comes out of that is totally brand new And that's what it means to be born again. We are made in the new creation, in a new image, not a refurbished, not cleaned out. We are made new. We are born again, not not refurbished. Do you understand? God did not clean us inside out. God made us afresh. We are first among many brethren of who Jesus Christ is the eldest brother. But what happens is that if you go and contaminate yourself again, Everything that flows from you will have that contamination until they are cleaned down. So we have the responsibility to make sure that the generation behind us does not suffer. I've seen a lot of people that want relationship but they don't know who they are. So what exactly do you want? You wouldn't know it, that's why you have the come because if you know what you want, and you have what you want, you know how hard your heart will be broken if you lose it. And you will fight to keep it. Our, our admonishing, like my single advice, my podcast is out, you can listen to it. Find a partner who, no, okay, let me give you my own story. One of the reasons why I agreed to date Jesse is because I knew that he loved God for himself see I love God and it's not a debate between me and any other person what I want to do with my time with God so I know that I will not date a guy that will be battling you go to church too much or you do this thing no we will not work that 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 now started a church he tricked me but what, what I'm saying is that because I know that about myself I would not consider dating a guy who does not really think that church is important. Do you understand what I'm saying? I will not, one of the guys, there was a guy he knows that I really liked. And the only reason I did not date him is because he was not interested in growing in God. It's not like a bad thing. Like he was born again. He's a Christian. He loved God. And he was okay. We, I die and I'll get to heaven. And he was okay. I was not okay with that. Like, don't you want to know more? Like, don't you want to grow? Don't you want to know all that there is to know about God? He was content. I was not. And bye. Do you understand? Like, I don't have to apologize for that. But you get my point. Know who you are. Know how important a relationship is to the grand scheme of things, which is God bringing his glory upon the earth. Then you know that this... this. Undercover CIA mission of which we are black ops, right? Cannot, you cannot go on a black ops operation with someone you cannot rely on. And then you choose your partner carefully because it's till death do you pass.
1: Amen. Can we bow our heads, please? Hi, this is Jesse Dan Yusuf, the pastor of The Tribe Abuja. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Kindly subscribe and share. To stay up to date with The Tribe Abuja, kindly follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Tribe Abuja. God bless you.